0: Elkin Beltry. Now, Elkin, we're going to talk about the Northwest Division. Obviously, my hometown Blazers are in this, the Nuggets, Timberwolves, Jazz, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, remember, they are in the Northwest because of the now no longer existing Seattle Supersonics. So, with that in mind, Elkin, before we get to all the breakdowns and the loveliness that is NBA basketball, how are you doing, my man?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Definitely doing, uh, doing better. The son, uh, my son, he has not gotten sick in some time, so we are just uh, giving a good knock on the wood as he continues to stay healthy because he's been just going through it a lot, but going good. Excited for we are got the NBA season coming around. Pacers doing some early preseason action briefly up. They were up at halftime, six three forty nine, in uh, games that are meaningless we'll take it, just play the young guys. And as we begin, hopefully, our, our our adventure, the Pacers' adventure to young Victor in the 2023 draft, it begins. But I'm sure it's not going to be the only team wanting to get him, though. So,
0: Yeah, no, Victor. Victor playing for the uh, the Pacers would definitely be a, a really nice addition for them. If, theoretically, if they move on from Turner, um, Buddy Heald, and they really go down the tank train, you already have... You know some good guards in the fall. We've done the Central Division preview. Everyone's up to date on how good we think. Kyle Burton, Matherin, and even Duarte, though he is older, um, will be able to contribute uh, to the NBA scene for a very long time. Everyone, everyone in Indiana would be excited. I think the NBA at a whole would might be a little sad that such a stud ended up in Indiana, but they need to get over it.
1: I mean, these things happen. All I know is that. I will not be surprised. I will be very surprised if Buddy Hill and Balls turn around this team at the end of the year. I'm gonna be very surprised. Very, very surprised. But we're not here to talk about the Pacers. We're not here to talk about that. We're talk about more much more interesting team. We're gonna we're gonna start off this Northwest Division with the Denver Nuggets. Forty eight and thirty-four, mind you, no Jamal Murray. He was still recovering. MPJ, Makapura Jr., he got injured. So we pretty much had Jokic, and you know you got some you got some role players like you got Aaron Gordon, you got development of uh, some Bones Islands, Ignaji We got uh, what well, we had last year. We had Morris, Monte Morris, and you had those guys with some Bruce. Well, not what okay, say Bruce Brown because Bruce Brown is new this year. But with those guys thrown in, somehow we. uh. Oh, can't forget about Willie Barton. DeMarcus Cousins going to miss him. But, which is, without their, arguably, well, not arguably, but their second and third best players, they still won 48 games. So, Ethan is a team, of course, I'm excited with. Jokic, the back-to-back MVP. I'm excited to have him paired with Jamal Murray. Like, the thing is, like, I think you brought up a good point. Like, even if Michael Porter Jr. doesn't play the entire season or something happens, I'm still excited about, like, Jamal Murray. That's If I can get him... And Jokic, I feel like they make a good tandem. And Jokic probably has some other pieces. It is a team I'm definitely excited for this
0: year. Yeah, I like the Denver Nuggets as a regular season absolute monster. I mean, 48 wins last year's is no joke. I mean, to do that, like we said, with basically Monte Morris, who is a good steward of the point guard position, but not a difference maker. Um, you had Willie Barton, an, you know, a your quote-unquote go-to scorer. Um, aside from Nikola Jokic, and that's not the best thing to have. Like it's just one of those things. They had a bunch of pieces that contributed effectively because of how great Nikola Jokic is. And now instead of having kicking out to Will Barton, who's going to dribble a little bit too much, you're kicking out to KCP, instead of you know having you know I, I mean it's just one of those things. Like you, you're just improving so much by having Jamal Murray come back in with his ability to catch and shoot, create for himself. We all remember the bubble with him and Donovan Mitchell uh, dueling back and forth. Like what a, what a spectacle that was like, who knows if that's ever reclaimable, but we know it's in that man somewhere. And so to have that guy back, it just raises the ceiling like, uh, and how, how these guys can, you know, finish off a blowout and also like keep it close down the stretch with one more option um, alongside Nikola Jokic. And, this team, I think, made some other really important acquisitions. You, you mentioned uh, Bruce Brown. I forgot to highlight him as a as a new addition. No worries. But already
1: knew, baby, got that,
0: you. But that that man is um is going to be really nice for adding a a stalwart defensively um, to you know the wing wings and up people. You know Nikola Jokic needs as much help as he can keeping the paint under control because he's obviously not the most menacing figure at the rim, but you know, Bruce Brown showed some propensity for some corner threes. Obviously, we know he can dribble and cut and all those kinds of things reasonably well. This team's just sur- surrounded by a lot of guys who know how to play basketball, move without the ball, and they create gravity even without necessarily the ability to shoot. And I, I just look at this team as it's going to have a super efficient offense and a patched together defense like Nikola Jokic is not the best, but. He metric metrically rates out just fine defensively, as the Nuggets haven't been the worst defense in the league, despite having a really bad defensive center. Yeah, I I think this team wins fifty plus games, um, and I I don't see how their the- any of their their problems um, mar- marinate and show themselves to punitive until the postseason comes around.
1: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the only issue we have with the makeup of the roster is bringing in DeAndre Jordan. And you brought up a good point. Signing Jordan instead of signing or keeping, we should say, DeMarcus Cousins. We're like, if you got to choose between the two, contributor, a guy you know is not just going to. Because you almost, I always think of it like, these guys aren't going to take up like a lot of your backup minutes. They're going to give you a few minutes, give Jokic some time to rest. And during those like 10 minutes when he's resting, what did they bring to the table? And I'm pretty sure almost every game where I saw like DeMarcus Cousins start or get a chunk of minutes, I was like, oh, DeMarcus Cousins still got a little bit left in the tank. He still got something, whereas DeAndre Jordan, we saw him kind of, like, on the nets, uh, kind of force his way in there, pushed out. I know he didn't put, I did it wasn't him, but kind of forced him to trade Jared Allen or put Jared Allen on the bench. But still, I'm just like, if he had to choose, come on. But, like, what do you, out of all the signings, what do you think they bring DeAndre Jordan in? Like, I just feel like he's he's a locker room culture guy. Like, that's what they technically are, like, a mentor, like, at this point.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine because, I mean, we know he's not a good defender. We know that um, at this stage. You know, he was a great defender at one time, especially when the NBA didn't have as much of an emphasis on being able to switch. Like I can only think that, you know, Zeke Naji, who has a lot of athleticism, um, can move his feet well. Maybe, just, maybe there's something to be learned with uh, verticality and those kinds of things. DeAndre Jordan can help execute that. Maybe um, signing DeAndre Jordan – versus the DeMarcus Cousins is a way to just force Mike Malone into playing Zeke Nagy more. Because DeMarcus Cousins, the, way I, the thing I liked about him with um, the Denver Nuggets was that you could run a lot of the same stuff that you're looking at Nikola Jokic doing with DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins is a really talented offensive player. Defensively, he was going to get cooked, just like DeAndre Jordan will. Um, but offensively, like you could put him in a very similar position that you put Nikola Jokic in. And you were going to get probably 75% of the outcome, typically. Like, he's going to beast against smaller people. He's going to pass the ball effectively. Like, all these things are just wonderful ways that he could contribute. But you get DeAndre Jordan versus DeMarcus Cousins. Well, Zeke Nagy's better than DeAndre Jordan. Maybe you're forced to play him a little bit. Maybe it's a little gamesmanship from (laughs) the front office. It's
1: wild to figure it like that. But there's a team that, looking at their roster makeup, I feel like the other team, when it comes down to playoffs, and if you tell me, like, hey, you can only pick eight players, I think overall, like, I'll be happy with the eight players that they would bring into the playoffs. Like, obviously, let's just say you keep – your projected starting lineup is Jokic, Gordon, MPJ, KCP, and Jamal Murray. I like it. And then I feel like you can have a combination of, depending on how, like, the mashups are, but, of course, having, like – I feel like you would definitely want to, like, look at, like, Bruce Brown and, like, see what it is, or Jeff Green, if you want to go to switchability or Ish Smith. But I feel like I, I'm interested to see how, like, Bones Highland and Zeke Nige kind of, like, develop this season because if they develop, I can see them kind of breaking into that playoff rotation more, especially Bones Highland. I really like what he showed last year. Like, he was someone who I was like, oh, they got someone who, especially, like, when it came to playoff time, too, I was like, they got someone who's a player right there. So I'm like, I want to keep seeing what how he develops into his role.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a guy that doesn't lack any confidence, and he has the uh, the bounce off the dribble and catch and shoot. Like, you just like his ability to put the ball in the hoop. And, like, defensively, obviously, with almost any young player, they're not going to be there right away. But hopefully that just continues to develop. The other guy who's, like, not quite in the top ten in terms of positional stacking is this Christian Brown, Brown out of Kansas. And he's, you know, mediocre shooter in college, really good cutter, good athlete, um, national championship, like he's played for a good program. He's going against good players every day in practice. Like he's the kind of guy who I think Richard was telling pre-draft they, and I think a lot of people were as well. um, They love the fit with him going to Denver because he's such a good off ball player, not didn't do much dribbling at Kansas, but still scored a lot of points, whether that be catch and shoot or, you know, back cuts for dunks and given Nikola Jokic's propensity to pass the ball and they're, you know, the Nuggets fun style play. Uh, Christian Brown should be able to find himself into some roles, and if he, if his athleticism does translate to the NBA, he he would be, you know, of the size to guard some some decent wings, and then you know if, if that means spelling spelling Aaron Gordon a little bit, so maybe he can uh, range and roam a little off ball. Like you might you might have something there. Who who's to say? We haven't seen it against real NBA talent yet, but that's something to keep an eye on for that that maybe nine and 10-man playoff rotation, where I think Ish Smith could be pinched a little bit because of his lack of shooting and defensive versatility.
1: No, that that definitely makes a lot of sense. Uh, but this is a team I have high hopes for. Um, I know when you have players coming back from long injuries, it does take some time. Like I don't expect Jamal Murray to come out and be bubble Jamal Murray or all-star Jamal Murray yet, but like if you can just keep having him do a thing, Jokic, he showed he can take over for an entire season, I feel like. Guys like Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., you need them in the playoffs. Because I think we kind of saw once Jokic, once the Nuggets got to the playoffs, you're like, okay, this is when you especially need some other pieces around Jokic. Like, he's great, back-to-back MVP, but you need some of those other pieces. And I'm kind of hoping they take that slow approach with Jamal Murray, because I feel like with the way the roster's constructed, they
0: don't need him to take over like a lot like he used to. You, I think you just need to like let him let him dictate his pace because you guys have enough players that you're not gonna have any trouble making the playoffs. You're not gonna have any trouble um, barring a Nikola Jokic injury, you know, knock on wood. Um, you're not gonna have any trouble maintaining this team as a successful team. But Jamal Murray is what will take you to a championship level team if the defense around Nikola Jokic can hold up. And that's gonna be the question, and we can we can talk about that forever and until we really see how you know Bruce Brown. And, you know, KCP change how this team can play some defense down to close games, we, we really won't know. So this team, I think, one of the best regular season teams in the NBA. Um, we will have to see if some of the defensive problems can resolve themselves um, as this season um, ages. I think that's enough with the Denver Nuggets. I think we're going to take a peek into the, a team that has really taken a facelift. Uh, new ch- big changes on this team. Um, a lot of first-round picks no longer here. The Minnesota Timberwolves, um, 46 and, thir- and 36 last year, made the playoffs, uh, won the play-in, lost to the uh, the Grizzlies in the first round. Um, they have added Rudy Gobert, so they now have two seven-footers in their starting lineup, and Jaden McDaniels, who is also very large and athletic. Um, Anthony Edwards, obviously, and then. D'Angelo Russell to cap off at the point guard position. Um, other key um, addition, in my opinion, they have a lot in like that, that, what you'd say your third string, like Brent Forbes, Austin Rivers, PJ Dozier, Eric Pascal, Nathan Knight. I mean, we can name all these guys of lesser significance and more depth pieces, but the I think a really important piece of this team is going to be Kyle Anderson, as he, I think, fits in to play a lot of minutes when currently Towns is the big man center on the court. And he was very helpful for Memphis last year and kind of setting some pace in the half court, uh, moving the ball, keep like getting good shots consistently. I'll be interested to see how his role develops and if he has any Rudy Gobert minutes to play, um, just because that'd be two very non-shooters. And Kyle Anderson likes to be inside the paint. Be hard to see him and Gobert fitting together very well. But those two additions, Gobert and Anderson, are going to get a lot of minutes. They're going to change how this team plays. And Elkin, I'm just curious. Like, what what do you think will will be the story of this team? Are, are, is this going to be a wild success where Rudy Gobert brings that defensive pedigree with him, or is there going to be a lot of growing pains and some questions about this fit as we as we go along? Or any other answer. D- don't be limited to what I say.
1: It's just crazy. I feel like there is no middle ground with this team. I feel like it's going to be wildly successful or fail uneventfully. Like, it's just going to either go really good or really bad. Like, we, took, we could be talking about, oh, Timberwolves start off the season with a record of, like, 3-8 and eight or 3-9. and nine. What's going on with them? Or we could be saying, like, wow, Minnesota out here, 12-2. and two. What's going on? What's changed? It's just, like, I look at it, like, Rudy Gobert, great defensively. We know what he's able to do. It's just the pairing with Carl anthony Towns. I'm still iffy on that. Like, what are you going to do? Have Carl anthony Towns just stop posting up? Like, you can't do that. And then I feel like Rudy was to play, like, be able to play with, like, a guy like Mike Conley, a guy who was, like, more aware of setting him up, or even, like, a, a Joel Ingles, guys like that. Even sometimes, like, even though he shot a lot, Donovan Mitchell set him up here and there. Like, I'm trying to think, like, who's going to set up Rudy Gobert? Or are they just saying, like, hey, Rudy, don't worry about any points at all, man? Just Which is obviously, like, that's what you tell Rudy, like, is worry about defense. But uh, I feel like this team, like, for me, this team has more of a chance to be worse this year. Like, that's where I'm leaning more towards. I feel like this team is
0: going to be worse this year. That's an interesting take, Elgin. I don't yeah. think many people would agree with you there. I know. On this team being worse. I'm just. I'm not as impressed. And I feel like. I don't know.
1: I feel like Anthony Edwards. Uh, I want him to keep succeeding, to keep improving, but I feel like it's going to be a season where they're going to really question like the makeup of some of the guys that they have on this roster. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see like DeAngelo Russell get traded. And so I don't know who's going to trade for him. I don't know who would. But like I just don't see. I just don't like it, Ethan. The way the roster looks to me i like some of the pieces they brought in but as a unit collectively i'm like i'm struggling to see like
0: this is gonna play out well interesting no so i i have a similar take for how their postseason will go because i i do worry about we talked about a little pre-pod i worry about carlton towns in a i need to make plays happen doesn't have it kind of thing and I, i know that's you know numerically not being backed up right now, but I can just think of games where he's just gotten into such foul trouble in the two series that they play were arguably, in terms of top-tier talent, the Minnesota Timberwolves had more of that, you know, common-knowledge talent on their team last year than the Memphis Grizzlies. But the Memphis Grizzlies really had John ja Morant and a bunch of guys who played well together. And that that played well together part really is, is what's in my head right now for this team. I think this team's gonna make the playoffs, and they're gonna be solid, and they're gonna win a lot of regular season games because Rudy Gobert brings you a defense by himself. If you literally put, you know, five, four guys strategically placed across the uh, the three point line, and just said, all right, you you guys are allowed three steps any direction, but you can't go outside that. You're gonna have every three-point shot contested, and then Rudy Gobert can take them at the rim. So you're just forcing teams in the mid-range jumpers. I look at the players that they have, and with Anthony Edwards, um, Jaden McDaniels, and then Anthony Towns, like that's a lot of size. They can run people off the three-point line. D'Angelo Russell is really the only non-athlete in that um, in that starting lineup. So I think their defense is gonna be good, which means you win games that when you just play okay defense a lot of times. And with a guy like Anthony Edwards and Carlton Towns, you're going to win some games based off their efforts alone. I think this team gets up close to 50 games in the regular season, but I do wonder when the game slows down in the postseason and you need to score in, a t- in tough ways if Anthony Edwards can really carry a team there right now. Because I, I I still think Rudy Gobert can get picked apart if you if you have to run a switch. Carly Towns can get picked apart if you have to run a switch. De'Angelo Russell's a liability. When you have to play one-on-one defense, that's where I get really hung up on this team and how they're going to match up with some of the best teams for playoffs. But I think regular season, I think this team's a buzzsaw. I think they really run through the West regular season-wise.
1: Well, I'll I'll give you that one, but can't jump on that ship with you.
0: Now, we can worry about their shooting. Yeah. Because it's 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 currently Towns, proven shooter. Anthony Edwards is looking like that. D'Angelo Russell, we know, is a inconsi- is consistently. I mean, he's he's there. We know he can shoot. He just his diet of shots has been a lot different over the years. And then you're really relying on these guys who we didn't really mention that much. Brent Forbes, like Austin Rivers, like Jalen is not a shooter. I think we all can agree on that. Uh, we know Kyle Anderson's not. Jaden McDaniels, we're hoping, um, but he's you know basically a corner three point shooter at this current stage like i do worry turian prince he we know he can shoot but can't he's not the defender he was uh thought to be i do really worry about how they're going to spread the floor for some of their creators um and that's another reason why i worry about their postseason um success
1: all right I mean, we'll see but we can talk about though the team that did trade with Minnesota going to the Utah Jazz the team who's just training pretty much a lot of their main pieces uh, This team bringing back, I mean The main guy people think about Mike Holland, Jordan Clarkson, they got that And of course got Rudy Gay That's a bookie. give you a little shout out, You got minimal minutes But they just have a, a slew of new faces coming in there Colin Sexton, Malik Beasley, Laurie and Kelly Olenek They're like keep it going, just give us players oh, Taylor Hurt, Horton Tucker, pff, come on Lakers Stanley Johnson, oh yeah Oh yeah, Jared Vanderbilt, we love you in this trade. That we when we traded out Rudy Gobert, Walker Kessler, come on in, we'll bring you in, Cody Zeller. Oh yeah, we're just bringing in everyone. It's like this is a team where they're like, hey everyone, everything is pretty much for sale. We don't care. I don't want to say we don't care about winning, but we would like to change the direction of our franchise and want our and want our fans to be patient as we. Develop players that we think have potential. That's how, that, that's how I'm phrasing it. I can't call it a tank job. Develop players who we think have. That's what I look at it as, Ethan. Just looking at this team, like, there's a team that's definitely not going to win 40 games. There's a team that's going to be, like, mid-20s, like, high 20s. That's what I see for this team.
0: Yeah, to be honest, like the team itself in terms of just having players that you th- you know can play basketball, like is, this reminds me a lot in terms of like the way the rosters come together of like the Orlando Magic before they made a couple playoff runs, where they just had a bunch of dudes that were all NBA players and you know that they all have roles, but they're all going to be asked to do a little bit more than what they're actually capable of. Like Colin Sexton once again is going to be probably the best scorer on on the team, and we know Colin Sexton has the best score. Probably not the way to win a lot of games. We all saw the Cavs seasons uh, with him at the helm. League Beasley, really good gunner in terms of just taking lots of threes. Well, he's all of a sudden your best catch and shoot three point shooter. He is the he is that guy. He's the one. That, if you had to run a floppy action for a three pointer to win the game, he's probably the guy you're running for on this team. Um, it's just like, that's not good. <laughs> Laurie Marketing. we saw him play the three last year and, and like hold up somehow. Um, but now you're putting him back at the four where he's too weak for the, the the strong guys and too slow for the fast guys still, but he doesn't really have overwhelming size anymore for the position he's asked to play. Uh, Kelly Link, we all know he's a shooter and helps young players develop. Really, the way I'm looking at this, Elkin, is they have two, they have three, maybe four guys on this team that are, are worth worth continuing to look and what their career could be with, with the jazz. And I think that is Colin says in Baji, Jared Vanderbilt and Walker Kessler, Walker Kessler, sec defensive player of the year. Um, not going to be Rudy Gobert, but has the same kind of way he would like to play defense. Jared Vanderbilt really like his, that energy, his ability to slash and guard anybody. Oshayak Baji, professional basketball player. Um, even though I didn't think he could shoot statistically, that's just not true. And Colin Sexton is a, is, a, is the, the engine. Those guys, I think, have a career here with the Utah Jazz. Everyone else, I really think, is how can we get them to play well to um, boost the trade value and get new players in here. Jordan Clarkson, apparently, is liked by the front office, and he's part of the culture they like to set there, so that's a report. Other than that, I, I, I imagine Mike Conley would like to play for a good team. Um, his salary makes that tough. Everyone else, like, yeah, I just – I don't I don't necessarily see where this team gets late-game late, late game offense to win any games. I'm sure it, it does happen, though. But, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of NBA players on this team, Elkin. Like, this should be an entertaining watch. I'm not saying a good watch, but it should be entertaining to see, like, who steps up on any given night. Because a lot of these guys have been – have flashed some excellence, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, it's not going to be, like, the worst team. Well, I think there's going to be teams that are going to be worse in the NBA. Not many, but I think there are, and I think that's what I'm kind of like looking at it as. I mean, even like the next team we're going to talk about is a team that is probably going to be worse than Utah Jazz when you look at like how the roster is made up. I don't see, I don't see that team winning much after that. But like, it's just I just find it interesting, Ethan, like how quickly things change. Like we talked about how like two years ago, in like that shortened NBA season, they had uh, most wins in the regular season had high hopes, and then lose to the Clippers who were without Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs, in the second round of the playoffs, and it's like, oh, that's it. They're no more Utah Jazz. And you kind of felt like, well, maybe less. Maybe that year with the fluke, they have a good chance of running it back. They pretty much got their main pieces, and everyone's like, oh, that did not work out either. So, it's just, they had their window. I mean, they had players. You and I both know Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Like, they expected those players to mesh, and and just didn't work out what they needed, and I think they're smart. They were kind of like, hey, we aren't getting good seeding in the playoffs anymore. We just got to cut our ties and get all the draft picks, unlike one team out in the Central Division, the Indiana Pacers, who decided to be a four – not really four. Well, technically, got a four seed one year, but decided to be a play-in team almost every year for, like, the last 10 years. I know it hasn't been 10 years, but um, – no, I, I got nothing else to add on them though, the Utah Jazz. We can go ahead and move on to our next team if
0: you're if you're ready for that. Yeah, we we will be here in a short. It it is just funny to think about Rudy Gobert and like the way the two different like eras of the Rudy Gobert experiment for Utah. There was the all defense all the time, everyone plays good defense Jazz with <laughs> just praying Donovan Mitchell could score enough to um to make them feasible and that team beat the Oklahoma city thunder of Westbrook and Paul George in the Paul George MVP season, as he loves to refer to it as right. Um, and then there was the all offense all the time. Conley, um, Mitchell, Boyan, Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, like Jordan Clark's on the bench, the all offense all the time surrounding Rudy Gobert. Um, and that also had its limitations because you had trouble stopping people in the playoffs. I just want to like think about I just want to leave the listeners with that to think about like when you're building around such a such a specific type of defensive player like Gobert who does one thing does it incredibly well and you can you might be able to figure it out. But having a little bit too much of one thing hasn't hasn't clicked. Uh, didn't click for the Jazz with Rudy Gobert, and we'll see how the Car- the Carlton Towns Gobert and Edwards, all that goes. A lot, it's a lot different. Obviously, you're not very high on it. I think regular season defense still holds up, but clearly it's going to have some some we're going to have some learning to do as we watch Minnesota, and then also now that the Jazz don't have any identity, it'll be kind of interesting to see how all these just NBA level players find their new roles. But like we said, moving on to a team that is likely to be worse than the Jazz this year, um, especially with their first-round pick um, not going to play, or the, one, of their first, three first round, one of their three first-round, one of their three first-round picks not going to play this year. Chet Holmgren and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Last year they were 24 and 28. Obviously, this team's not really trying to win. They are actively not looking to add, like. Veterans. Think about the the Pistons who added Bojan Bodanovich recently. They are putting around players to aid the growth of this team. Um, Kendrick Williams is about the only guy on the list that is like there to help the youth movement, but he just kind of got there by happenstance. Not like he was acquired for that. Lou Dorton, SGA, both on their next contracts, look to be good basketball players. Part could look like they could be part of a winning situation, but both of them are being sat a decent amount of time. Anytime there's an injury, they're not playing. Josh Giddey, um, he's an interesting player. I'm trying to think. Like, other than that, like one of the Jalen Williams people like. I don't know enough about him. They're both rookies. We'll see how that goes. Trey Mann is a, a point guard prospect I like a lot. Can score the ball. Other than that, man, you got the Poku and Chet Holmgren goofy looks, and then a bunch of just dudes. I don't know, Elkin, I don't have a lot to talk about this team with Chet not playing. Chet playing was going to make this team a lot interesting to see and something to watch and how that body and like how you start, like maybe you learn something from the players that exist around him to know how to surround him for the future. But without Chet, man, I feel like this is a lost season for the Thunder again. And for SGA, a guy who's an all-star level player burning his career up on this team, it just it's frustrating to me to know that this team doesn't have any interest in getting better yet.
1: Yeah, and I kind of, like, oh, I didn't know what the likelihood was how that they were going to be competitive before the Shet Holmgram injury. Like, I don't, I don't know if they were going to be like, hey, let's really start playing into this. Um, but I just feel bad because, like, I see, like, you're right, like, at SGA. And, like, I would have been interested to see, like, SGA, Shet Hong Let's see how those two guys work. Let's see how Sheth can be. Let's see how it goes. And then you're like, oh, man, we got this injury now. Well, SGA. Part of me does hope he gets moved. I don't think it's gonna happen because I feel like OKC really does like him. And I mean, why not? But I do. I am a fan of Josh Giddey's game, though. I will tell you that. I love his game. Like I remember when I saw him come out in summer league. You expect a guy like that, second year player, to be like better than all these like rookies and guys trying to make teams. And it just seemed like he was. And I like him for the size. So I'm like, oh, this team has some interesting pieces, and. In. It almost feels like this team, like, it feels like they're kind of doing the process all over again, where you just pretty much get as many draft picks, high picks, and you want to swing for the fences, so get players that you feel like have the highest potential. And that's what they're going for with these picks. I remember, like, I remember people were saying, like, cool, who should they get, Holmgren or Jabari Smith, and I kind of felt like Jabari Smith was more of, like, the safe pick and Holmgren, though, people were like, he has more upside. Holmgren just has more upside. Like, it feels like he has more potential. And they're like, and of course, OKC okay, then drafted Holmgren. But I think that this team is going to be one of the worst teams again, though, this year. And I'm praying, Ethan, I'm praying. I'm hoping they do not get the first pick next year in the draft. That's the one thing I do not want.
0: Yeah, I if they... Like I am here for, I understand what the Thunder are doing. We all understand what they're doing. They are a team that needs to draft well to have success. The, the the great success they had was all based off of them, you know, getting gifted Kevin Durant and drafting Russell Westbrook, drafting James Harden, drafting Serge Ibaka and building with, you know, you could argue some de- like not so great trades and some, you know, Little mess ups here and there, but building around those players that they drafted in house and, you know, you could make kind of like a little Rapunzel reference. Like they, they couldn't see what was outside their tower, so they didn't know how good it could be. <laughs> and I mean, you, you've seen it like, they, like, you know, Russell Westbrook, you know, obviously getting older and stuff like, but he's not enjoyed most of his stints outside of Oklahoma City where he hasn't been the center of attention and taken care of. Like, from what I always have heard, the Thunder take great care of their players. They treat them like the stars they are, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what's best for you in your development. I, I, I It's just hard to say because we haven't seen someone just got drafted to OKC, look promising, and then leave. Like, they've all stayed or been stuck there, if you're SGA, how it feels from my perspective right now. I'll just be interested to see how this draft goes. I really don't want them to have the first order pick because I don't want Chet and Wimby to have the two two long man um, experiments going on on the same team. Let's spread that out. But I'm okay. If they got, you know, Scoot Henderson and he's like the the young guard and say you can pair him with SGA because SGA is a little oversized. Gideon Dort obviously can find their ways in. Like I'm, I just want this team to take the step that the Pistons are now taking where they've actually said, here's an older guy. We're not giving up things that ruin our future, but here's a, a veteran to help these young guys along. Think about the Grizzlies. They they had they t- accepted a Valanciunas. They accepted a a Steven Adams. They're, they brought in guys that are known NBA commodities to help these young guys learn how to be NBA players. That's the thing I'm missing with this team is that they just don't have that dude. They don't have that one veteran that's been on a successful team. I like not This is not calling anyone losers, but they are just a bunch of losers. They've all been on bad teams, except for SGA as a rookie. Oh, I think that's is. just a tough spot to develop in. Wow.
1: Oh, he love that line. <laughs> it. No, but you're right. When
0: Chris Paul was here, they were winners because they had the veteran. I just want them to not have to be losers.
1: It's crazy, man, just having Chris Paul. Because uh, SGA was on that team with Chris Paul, right? Yeah, because Paul George was already with the Clippers, they made the playoffs. So they had, and I feel like they had like they didn't have like an overwhelming roster, either. You weren't like, wow, this roster. No, it was pretty much like you get some leaders, some basketball players, winners.
0: I mean, we know Chris Paul is an incredible NBA player. He hasn't won a championship. You can get all You can get away with me with that. I don't. I don't care. He's one of the best players in the NBA history. But like it was SGA, Lou Dort, Chris Paul. I mean, I could go pull that team up. But that team was they, – they everyone said, oh, Chris Paul is just going to be a good soldier, bide his time, and they're, they're going to take care of him. And they did. They traded him when he – when it was time to leave, they traded him to the Suns. They took care of him. They got him to where he needed to end up going. But, like, the point, point being is that team was not overly talented. And they finished 48 and 20 40, – 44 and 28 with – I guess Steven Adams was still on that team. I don't know if he, when he got traded. Hamidou Diallo was on that team. Dennis Schroeder as a third point, as a third guard. Like, Nerlens Noel played some. Like I'm saying, no one on this team that was like, oh my gosh, that's why they're good, except for Chris Paul and SGA. And yet here we, are. like again, it was just, it was just it's frustrating to see a team not have any interest in having developmental pr- pros. They just have they just have young players developing. Even if they just made a trade for like a Kelly O'Linick that was like, here's a guy that helps because he moves the ball and can spread the floor. He's the guy who helps you find out what you have. Mike Muscala is not that. Kendrick Williams is not that. Like Trey, That's the frustration I have a, with this team.
1: They pretty much have like the wrong veterans, wrong type of veterans on the team. Like there's good. Like you need you need the veteran like you said like Kelly O'Linick or to get it back like a Vince Carter, or like a Zach Randolph. Give me give me some of those veterans. But uh, this team is going to be rough to watch. I feel like we're, we're still going to be dealing with that. But I think, we sh- I think we should go ahead and move on to your hometown team. Let's just go ahead and bring it on to the Portland Blazers, who, um, as far as, I feel like it's a team that added more players. They didn't really, besides, we know about the C.J. McCollum trade. We covered that already. But besides that, they pretty much, like, stayed pat and just added a few pieces. I mean... I feel like, I know I see the additions on there, but I feel like their biggest addition was Gary Payton II during the offseason, kind of having like a guy, like a defensive guy, which, I mean, let's be real. We're going to need that with the backcourt of Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons. Not a lot of defense being played by that starting backcourt, for for being honest there. But Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant, I'm like, not so bad. They're not bad. And then Nurkic, documented. I mean, guy's a brick wall, but we're talking about – you know what? Before I say what I say, I do not know his defensive numbers that well. Ethan, you probably watch it more than I do, but I feel like he's never stood out as like, oh, we got Nurkic back there. We got good rim protection.
0: Just understand Terry Stotts lost his job because the Blazers were always a middle of the road or bottom half like bottom half defense and usually bottom five. Um, it's not Nurkic's fault. It's probably mostly to do with a, a small backcourt back that they've had for years and years, and then I would say uh, Band-Aid-style threes and fours, um, I would think this team should aspire to having a middle-of-the-road defense and a top-10 offense. That is where this team can have success. And most of Damian Lord's career, he has dragged, because of his ridiculous efficiency, the Blazers to a top-10 top third offense, and I think that's still possible um, with this team here. Let, let's kind of break down their rotation. So, you have, in my opinion, you have four guards who should play minutes. One of them happens to be starting at small forward. That'd be Josh Hart. Um, I personally would start Nasir Little. I think that they'll start Josh Hart per, because I think he's, I think it's going to be hard to turn down his shooting, and I think visual tenacity is the way I would rephrase, rephrase it. You know, we think about him back on his Laker days, and everyone really praised Josh Hart for, like, his looking like going to have the two-way ability. And it was correct, but they overlooked a guy like Alex Caruso, who really had that, you know, get-into-you defensive ability. And that proved out come time when it was time for the Lakers to win a championship. Anyway, I I think the starting line is going to be Damian Lord, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, and Yusef Nurkic. I think the best way to utilize Gary Payton the second, you would say the, the most important addition of the offseason, And I would agree is to get him in quickly for Anthony to like, maybe as that, the, the starters are starting to get a little tired or like just getting to the, where they, they're fatiguing. Gary Payton comes in, disrupts some stuff. Anthony goes and sits so he can really take over when Damien Damian sits. Um, Josh Hart, Good guy for th- twos and threes. Nasir Little, I think, can guard all five positions, minus the biggest centers. I think this team has the right mix of defensive versatility. And if Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons can be great, they're going to have a great offense because those two can score. We know that to be true. And Jeremy Grant being, forced, yeah, I got to guard that man. Like that's a, that's a huge. Oh, I don't know why I didn't click him as a uh, addition. Jeremy Grant is the biggest addition of the offseason. I apologize, listeners. For some reason, I've just been imagining Jeremy Grant on the team yeah, for so and long. I don't even know like why I, didn't I forgot say he it. was an addition. I, I'm
1: like, I'm like, oh Gary Payton's the biggest. Like Richard's probably gonna be like Elkin. What did you just say, Gary Payton? The yeah, second. and me too.
0: Me too. Like Jeremy Grant was rumored to the Blazers for so long that it felt like he was here, even though that they were tanking uh, last year. But having Jeremy Grant, it gives you something that they haven't had at the four position since, and he's not this good, but LaMarcus Aldridge, a credible scorer from a forward position. They've had Alfred Camino, Mo Harkless, Justice Winslow, and just any number of scab three-fours that just, you can't trust to make a three, and that... Can't actually dribble. Jeremy Grant can get his own shot. He's going to be a great, you know, release valve for when Damian and Anfernee are having some off nights. More or less, Jeremy Grant <laughs> is the one thing that can make this team really special. If he can be his 17 to 18 points per game self, staying efficient and guard the other team's best player, this team has a chance to be ab- above the play in fray. I still think this team in, inevitably is going to be a playing team. They they probably need to get in a, a backup center because Yusuf Nurkic hasn't played a full season in a long time. It just needs to be it just needs to be an offensive sh- offensive explosion and passable defense. And aside from their guards being Anthony and Damian, I think everyone in this rotation can guard. That hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting
1: to watch because I'm just looking at it. I'm still not high like, on bench stuff, man. Like, uh, It is just like, looking at their bench. like Their starting lineup, I'm like, okay, we got something at their bench. Besides, like, I don't know, maybe I should be more excited about some of their other pieces. Like, nicer little.
0: I wouldn't say you should need to.
1: <laughs> nice your little and Gary Payton 2nd I'm like, all right, we're good. Like, just as Winslow, sometimes I get sad because I think about potentially having coming out of college and going to your Miami Heat. And it was like, oh, okay, we got Justice Winslow. But then now it's like, it is what it is. I don't know. I think this team, like, so last last year they went 27 and 55, Ethan. Like, I do think they can win more. Trying
0: to be bad. Yeah, I do think they can win more games. I do definitely think they can. Yeah, I, I, I think they're a 500 team that can go five games either direction. That's how I feel. Um. Like I, if Damian Lillard's healthy, which he wasn't healthy at all last year, even in the games he played, he he's really good, and I won't listen to anyone who says he's not because that's just silly. And Anthony Simons can score the basketball, and I've heard the stat on a couple different pods now. He shot like fifty percent on catch and shoot threes last year. That's silly. That that is that is ridiculous. Off the, and with that being said he shot 32 shot 32 percent um on the season no oh, I clicked on the wrong guy that's Damian Lord I'm sorry I clicked on the wrong name um he shot 50 percent on catch and shoot and that resulted in 40 percent overall Anthony Simons is going to have a lot of catch and shoot threes if I had my way he's going to be the guy who's when Damien's on the court, Anthony, you're running the Steph Curry offense. Just keep getting open and shoot those catch and shoots, my man. Because that guy is just a, a straight-up offensive talent. I'm excited to see him do more. And then you, he's, he'll still get some chances to explore the studio space. And he does not draw fouls, almost at a weirdly less rate than CJ McCollum. But at least he attacks the rim, which makes me happy. Instead of always settling for mid-rangers, which I feel like is a, a tough diet to, uh, to live on. Elgin, it's, it's just – the NBA is – is everyone wants to be competitive this year, which I think is just beautiful. Everyone wants to be good. No one's – except for the Oklahoma City Thunder are trying to be bad. And the Spurs, I guess, because they trade all their good players. But I think it's just a great spot for the NBA to be in. There's a lot of teams that think they can find success. Um, and the, I mean, if, is that the play-in that's done that to the NBA, that everyone's trying hard for that those spots? Because let us, let us in the tournament. Yeah, I would say, I like, think I mean, like, it's exciting.
1: You're probably going to have, like, looking at it, like, realistically speaking, see, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think in my head, like, which teams are actually going to take, like, the season serious, or which teams are just going to be like, we don't care, whatever incentive you have. We are completely just out of, we know we want to focus on our young guys, let everyone else develop. And I'm seeing, hmm. One two three four man it could be like maybe like a good like solid like eight teams
0: like are going for that number one spot. Yeah, I I really think that the, the number is small. I think it the teams that are like because like Detroit obviously is not like oh we're trying to win win like they know that they're still behind in the process, but they are putting together the team to learn the habits and they have the players to not just learn the habits to, to make, to make a little mess of the record and win some games. Like Bojan Bogdanovic is a good basketball player. Like you're not just like saying, Oh, we're going to run the right stuff and play good defense and hope what, and see what happens. Like Oklahoma city thunder are trying to lose. The Houston Rockets are not trying to win. They're they're just, they're, they're in that phase as well. We're just running the right stuff and hopefully our young guys develop correctly, but they're not in the, the, uh, like let's put players around them to be successful. So it's Utah. So I'd say Utah, OKC, Houston, San Antonio Spurs, and then Pacers. Those are the teams that are like we do not care about winning at all. I don't think the Hornets are in that case. I, I think the only team in the East that's like absolutely not we do not want to win is. The Pacers, Orlando at least has a lot of rotation players in their team, and they're gonna be like, we have the players. Let's try to win. It's not gonna work. There's only five teams that are like, we want to be bad. That's a cool spot to be in. There's gonna be lots of bad teams still. Only 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 sixteen make the playoffs. so it's still more than fifty percent, and only and two thirds make get a chance at the play in. There's still gonna be bad teams though.
1: Well, Ethan, I think I'm um, I said my piece about Northwest. Division, I think you might be feeling the same way.
0: Yeah, I, I, Nuggets are good. Everyone else, there's a lot of questions to be answered, and I'm hoping that they all come up Blazers. I'm sure
1: you do.